0: What's up, folks? Welcome back to the Whoop Podcast, where we sit down with top athletes, scientists, experts, and more to learn what the best in the world are doing to perform at their peak and what you can do to unlock your own best performance. I'm your host, Will Ahmed, founder and CEO of Whoop, and we are on a mission to unlock human performance. All right, we got a great guest this week, Minnesota Vikings wide receiver, pro bowler Adam Thielen. Before we get to Adam, a reminder, you can use the code WILL to get 15% off a WHOOP membership. That's at WHOOP.com, W-I-L-L, and join the WHOOP community. All right, Adam Thielen is one of the most recognizable names in the NFL and is undeniably one of the best players at his position. He's got an amazing story, and it's pretty remarkable that he's even gotten into the NFL He was born and raised in a small town in rural Minnesota and was overlooked for years as an athlete. He was a four-sport star in high school, but didn't get any interest from major college programs. He was offered a $500 football scholarship from Division II Minnesota's State. It wasn't even enough to cover books, but he took the scholarship anyway and became a standout player. Still, he went mostly unnoticed. He wasn't picked in the NFL draft, but his hometown Vikings offered him a spot at a rookie camp. And from there, he worked his way onto the roster, became a special teams ace, and is now an all-pro wide receiver in the NFL. It's a great story, one of determination. And perseverance, Adam talks about the mental side of performance And how he took advantage of every small opportunity he was given along the way His approach to recovery and what he's learned from Whoop About how his body bounces back from strain Dealing with injuries and how he thinks about injury prevention How he defines talent And why he thinks it goes beyond physical ability And I ask Adam some rapid-fire questions On some of the hot-button issues in the NFL today Without further ado, here is Adam Thielen. Adam, welcome to the Whoop Podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So you've had an amazing career, really an underdog story. You've had just amazing success after, you know, largely being overlooked. And I want to go back in time and and just talk about some of those earlier years for you. Did you always know that you were ultimately going to be a professional athlete?
1: I always tell people this that I had delusion to me. I had this delusion that like whatever sport I was playing, I was going to be professional. So whether it was basketball season, football season, golf season, baseball season, I played four sports all the way through high school. And whatever season it was, I was like, no, like I can do this at the highest level. And I always kind of tell people that I'm I'm kind of glad I had that delusion. I'm glad I didn't really have a realistic approach because it kind of made me better every single year because I just had this drive and passion that like, no, like I'm going to do this. I don't care what it takes to get there, but um, definitely was, was delusional in thinking that, but definitely I believed in it.
0: Where do you think that belief came from? Is that, were your parents very uh, supportive of you playing sports did you have siblings that were egging you on? Did you just sort of sense that, that you had a talent?
1: You know, I didn't, I didn't have anybody pushing me. Uh, my parents were extremely supportive in the fact that they kind of just stayed out of it. And whatever I was passionate about, whatever I loved doing, their only requirement for me was that I finished uh, the season. So whether it was a sport or whether it was band or choir, like their only requirement was like you give it everything you got and you finish. I think it was just it was just my mindset. You know, I just I just love to play sports. I I absolutely love to play sports. If I could have played 10 sports in high school, I would have. I would have played hockey. I would have. I literally would have played every sport because I just enjoyed the competition. I loved changing sports. I loved going from season to season and trying to master that sport. Probably the reason why I'm so addicted to golf right now, because I want to master it. I want to find a way to be really good at it. It's my, like, um, escape. It's my, my love, my passion, and, and uh, which makes it fun.
0: Now, I understand you actually won a state championship in golf in high school.
1: Yeah, we won a, we won a team state championship, so... Kind of a crazy story. We end up actually being co-state champs, which I didn't even know. We didn't know was possible, but we ended up tying for the state championship, and there was no tiebreaker in the state of Minnesota, and uh, I actually melted down in my last three holes. I think I was playing the best golf of my life. The conditions were extremely difficult. It was like Minnesota in the spring, so it was like Uh, thunderstorms and just uh, crazy winds, And uh, end up playing like some of my best golf I ever played coming down to the last three holes. And I was overconfident and tried to hit some shots I didn't need to hit and hit a couple out of bounds and end up finishing pretty poorly. But we end up winning the state championship as a team, which was which was really cool.
0: So how did you know that that football was the path? Was it was that the one you felt like you were best at? I mean, baseball, basketball and golf, it sounds like you were really talented at all four.
1: I didn't know the only reason why I played football because it was my only scholarship offer, and I was cool with whatever sport. I always told my parents I said, "Whatever sport that I can get the highest get to play at the highest level at is what I'll choose to play in college." And you know, the Division II school, Minnesota State Mankato, came with a with a scholarship offer, even though it was five hundred dollars. It was my biggest offer of any sport and we had a chance to go play Division two football and, and took that chance and, and went for it.
0: I got to ask, like, if you'd gotten a scholarship in, say, baseball or basketball and you just committed to one of those, do you feel like deep down in your heart you'd be a professional athlete in one of those?
1: So this kind of comes back to that, that delusion because I, I honestly believe that I could. Uh, people think I'm crazy for saying that, but I would have definitely tried.
0: Well, it's only crazy until you do it, and that's entirely what your football career has been. So if I'm looking at this right, 2012, um, you have this breakout uh, senior year. You're playing wide receiver, 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns, but you're still not getting the recognition, really, that you might have deserved at that time from NFL teams. What was your mindset then as a senior in college who's performing great, who's also telling himself, hey, I'm going to be a pro?
1: Yeah, I think for me it was just um – again like i had this delusion to think like no i'm 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 going to get an opportunity i just got to go make the most of it and then when none of those opportunities came and you know, my college coaches are kind of saying, "Hey, maybe, maybe like you try to play in like the Canadian league or something like that." It kind of just like put a chip on my shoulder to say, "No, what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna prove everybody wrong here." And I kind of heard some rumblings of people like thinking I was crazy for trying, but uh, again, it just kind of like put more of a chip on my shoulder and it made me more excited to prove people wrong. I went all in. I stopped drinking. I did whatever it took nutritionally to try to like eat really good and until this combine. Uh, So I could run my best 40 and and test the best I could possibly test. I knew that I had the skills as far as playing receiver, but I'd never tested in my life as far as a 40 and pro agility and all that. I've never, I never did any of that. You know, I played sports. I didn't, I didn't run track. I didn't do those things. So um, I knew that if I could just put a good 40 up there that I would get an opportunity. So when I did that at this, at this combine and I ran a good 40, I tested out really well, I thought it was kind of a no-brainer that I would get, I would get some calls and, and get some looks because I could do all the football stuff really well, and I've done it really well for a long time. The only question was, can he run and can he, can he move? Is he an athlete? And when I felt like I proved that, nobody called. So it was kind of a weird deal. And uh, luckily, um, I always say it's better to be lucky than good. And luckily that I had a couple teams say, hey, we would love to have you just come for the rookie camp. And the chances of making it from there are almost zero percent. But it was an opportunity. And first up was the Minnesota Vikings uh, rookie camp. I went there and uh, have never left.
0: That's amazing. So you so you run a four four five forty, and the whole combine thing, by the way, that's its own circus. I mean, I've gotten to understand it a little bit better in the last few years because whoops, the official wearable of the NFLPA. It's a pretty intense. You know moment in in a young man's life like were you were you nervous for that forty or at that point you're just like look I, I I paid my way to get here. I've done everything I possibly can like I'm gonna crush this
1: i was uh I was extremely nervous just because I knew it was like my one chance. It's not like I get like I can like come back or or go somewhere sure. else like it was my one opportunity to show like hey, I can run and then I can test really well and then it was like, okay, now you're doing these like routes on air which i could do in my sleep at that point but but it still was so nerve-wracking because like you drop a ball or you slip on your route it's like they're not even gonna especially where i came from they're not even gonna give me a chance so it was like it was like holy bug it's like i gotta be perfect here to get any look you even though i perfect. know i can do it even though i know i'm 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 really good at it um yeah. it still is like that that fear of like man hey I, I got one opportunity, which which was is crazy looking back, and I'm probably more nervous now looking back at it than I actually was in the moment.
0: Did you have any practice in your in your life at that time that was around visualization or around you know mindfulness or some kind of mental performance, you know, to put yourself in the state to have that perfect combine? Because, like you just said, if one thing goes wrong, we're never having this conversation, probably.
1: That's a great question. Uh, I, I never did. In fact, at that time, I never even heard of anything like that. I don't think there was much sure. out there as far as that goes. I think for me, that was that always kind of came pretty natural. I've had to do some stuff. Like in college, we had some great mental training coaches. Um, and, and, and my first few years in the NFL had some fantastic mental training coaches. that I still use to this day. A lot of that, I kind of remind myself, okay, this really helped me in this situation. But I think it kind of came natural to me to how to just live in the moment. And that was kind of something I always have done is just like, Hey, like, I'm not going to worry about what people think about me or what I did yesterday or what, what could happen tomorrow. I'm just going to like focus on how can I maximize today whether that be from a training perspective or or practice like I'm going to maximize today so I always took that approach and I think that really helped me in that situation to like like I'm not really focused on like what what could happen if this doesn't go well I'm just going to focus on like this 40 how can I how can I run as fast as I can and that's all I'm focused
0: on well a lot of those practices are designed to ultimately drive towards self-belief and ultimately drive towards being present, both of which it seems like came very naturally to you. I mean, what you just described was literally self-belief and staying really present. So it seems like that was one of your gifts in this whole process was was letting that shine. And so there's really no surprise that, that you crushed the combine. Okay, so you're undrafted, but you sign with the Vikings. And at that point, did you have any like sigh of relief or... You're still kind of nervous, hey, this this could all go away shortly
1: i, I again, I kind of like look back at this moment, um that moment in my career, and like I'm more nervous now than I was actually in the moment. Like I almost like look at myself, my younger self of like, man, you were crazy because like you didn't actually like you had no nerves. you had no like worries. I had no like like when I went to rookie camp without a contract and like, the the percentages of you making it, there are literally less than 1%. I I think it's like close to 0% chance. Like they already have a 90-man roster. Like they would have to cut somebody that they just gave a signing bonus to, you know, a few days before that, after the draft. Um, Your chances are like 0%. But when I was going into it, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just like focusing on like, hey, like I just got to go play football and I'm having fun doing it. I get to go continue my career. I get to go practice for three days and go have fun and compete, which I love to do. So it was kind of like, like, again, like I look back at it, I'm like, man, like I'm crazy.
0: <laughs> was there a moment in that rookie camp where you're like, OK, I think I'm doing enough here. Like, I think I can I think I can make this team because to your point, it's like a zero percent chance that you're going to get on the team.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I had a lot of confidence in what I was doing. I really was performing well. I was doing well in one on ones. I was doing well in the team periods. And we had a couple first round draft picks that year. One was a corner Xavier Rhodes, and I was going against him a lot, and I felt like I was holding my own. And uh, we had another first-round draft pick who was one of my, one of my better friends, and, and my roommate, Cordero Patterson, was playing receiver. And I just felt like, you know, in that moment, it gave me a lot of confidence because I felt like I could hang with these guys, and I felt like, you know, I'm, I'm right there. So so why would I be nervous? Like, I, I'm, I'm doing what I need to do, and I'm having fun. I'm having a ton of fun, and uh, that's what it's all about.
0: You know, how much, I, I'm curious, like, from just a locker room perspective, How much do you feel like an NFL team or an individual on an NFL team's reputation is earned versus inherited by prior credentials? I mean, you've been on literally both ends of this spectrum where you're the undrafted guy who probably is going to get cut from the perspective of everyone there to captain pro bowler. You know, how much do you feel like it's it's earning your spot every day? versus, you know, people saying, Oh, okay. Yeah. I've seen that guy's stats. He's a good college guy, you know, like kind of resume versus what did you do for me today?
1: Yeah. I think, um, I think that's my approach. My approach is like, no matter what I've done in my career, whether it would have been the day, the first day I got to the Vikings or now, like my approach is the same. Like, I feel like I have to prove myself every day. And at every point in your career, you have something to prove. Like right now I have, I have a lot to prove. I have to prove that like I haven't lost a step. I have to prove that, like, no, I'm, I am that player that you think I was at one point. Like, no, that is me. And so, like, I, I always feel like I have that mindset of, like, no, I'm going out there to prove today, whether it's first day of OTA practice or if it's training camp or if it's game number one or if it's the Super Bowl. Like, I have something to prove. I think there's different, um, as far as your question goes, I think there's different um, areas. So, like, coaches might give, like, a first-round pick. They might give him the benefit of the doubt over an undrafted guy, um, but I think sure. as far as a locker room goes, a lot of it is earned a lot of it is yeah. like earned respect it doesn't matter what you did last year it doesn't matter what you did what you did in your college career, like you got to prove to me that I can count as you on you as a teammate, and that you know that when times get tough, like how are you going to react and and what kind of leader are you? I think that stuff is is earned and over time and I think is really cool about the culture of the locker room.
0: Yeah, that is cool. Okay, so 2014 to 15, you're on the team. You're a special team standout, but you haven't quite gotten that that look really that you want at wide receiver. What What are you feeling then? Are you still just like one day at a time, keep proving myself, I'm going to get the wide receiver slot? Like does doubt ever creep in?
1: You know, I wasn't really worried about it. I was just kind of focused on, on the opportunity and whether it be in practice, like, proving, like, hey, I'm a really good wide receiver. At the end of the day, like, I wanted to play wide receiver, right? Like, special teams is really hard, and it's a, it's it, you only are on the field for 15 to 20 snaps a game, and uh, you're kind of doing some dirty work, which is fine. Like, I really enjoyed that part of the game. Uh, but I wanted to play wide receiver. I felt like I, I my game was good enough. Like I was getting better, and and I was proving myself day in and day out, and preseason games and practice. But I just kind of just focused on on what my role was, and and uh, when I got an opportunity to play receiver, I was going ninety nine, a hundred percent, and you know balls to the walls, and and giving everything I got to prove like, hey, like I'm really good at what I'm doing. Um, and when it was time to play special teams, I was given everything I had to prove that I'm the best special teams player in the NFL. Um, I always felt like whatever I was doing, I wanted to prove that I'm really good at it. And I had fun doing it. I loved playing. I loved getting in the game and getting the opportunities to go try to block a punt or to go and try to make a tackle. I thought that was really cool for me because I'd never tackled anyone in my entire life. And now I'm in the NFL and I'm getting paid to tackle people, which was uh, a crazy crazy deal but I had so much fun doing that and trying to master that and trying to lead the team in special teams tackles and trying to lead the NFL in special teams tackles that was kind of always like my approach to the game which which was really cool
0: well just listening to you I mean you've got a phenomenal attitude you know like even you saying I'd never tackled someone before and this is an opportunity to tackle someone someone who's maybe got a bad attitude would say I don't know why the hell they have me tackling people. I'm I'm born to be a receiver. Like, I need to be a receiver right now. I'm not getting treated properly on this team, you know? And if you look at, frankly, a lot of the dramatics that seem to come out of professional athletes, it does sound a little bit like that. It can sound whiny. And your attitude has been completely the opposite. So uh, there's no, you know, just listening to you, I'm, I'm not surprised at all by the enormous success that you've had and the odds you've overcome.
1: At the end of the day, right, naturally, you tend to lean towards negative stuff, right? Like, you know, something happens or, or things don't go your way. You kind of like lean towards like naturally you just want to be like, oh, it's someone else's fault or, or this. And I've always tried to like flip that mindset. So as soon as that kind of creeps into my mind, I kind of flip it and you go, know what? I'm going to take this other approach. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to show up to the facility every day. Whether if we win or lose, I'm going to have a the same Uh, mindset, the same personality. I'm going to be energetic. I'm going to have a smile on my face. I'm going to joke around whether we lose or win. And sometimes that rubs people the wrong way. But for me, I just feel like the longer you do that, you start to rub off on people. And whether that be your teammates or even yourself, right? You start to like, you know, lie to yourself enough about your attitude, like it it actually becomes you. And so I've always (laughs) tried to take that approach of like, you know, I might not feel great today, or I might be in a bad mood, but I'm going to like, Flip that energy and like say, you know what no, I am in a great mood and I try to do that with my family as well and sometimes that's too hard you know you kids we got three kids and it's like stuff's everywhere they're making you mad and it's like gotta flip that attitude to like be positive and motivational and and excited about whatever's happening, uh, whether it's good or
0: bad so two thousand sixteen that's the breakout year and you become a starting wide receiver and then you ultimately lead the Vikings that year in receiving yards. As that's happening for you, are you having like a bit of a pinch me moment or are you just so focused on the present that it's like, nope, this is how it was supposed to be and I'm gonna keep going.
1: Honestly, I don't even like talking about like, like past (laughs) because like, I I don't even want to have that pinching moment until I'm done playing. Like I'm so focused on this year and like training and like, how can I get better? And like, how can I prove more people wrong? And like, how can I feel the best I've ever felt my life last year at 31 years old and my ninth season in the NFL, I felt better than I've ever felt before. I felt faster. I felt quicker. I felt more explosive. People will like laugh at me when I say that, but like, no, I, I really did feel that way. And, yeah, so I think it's one of those things I'll look back when I'm done playing and, and be able to reflect on it. But right now I'm just, I'm just enjoying, I'm joining the whole process of, of training and, and, uh, enjoying it with my family and, and then just like playing football. I mean, heck, I get to wake up every morning, uh, during the season, go to work and like, love what I'm doing. Uh, not, not too many people can say that. And, and, uh, I think that's pretty cool. Now in
0: 2020, you caught fourteen touchdowns in fifteen games, and that was the most touchdowns by a Vikings receiver since Randy Moss. And you like grew up, as I understand it, idolizing Randy Moss as a guy from Minnesota.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, again, like I, I'm not like a real big stats guy, but you know, I just I just love to play the game of football. And and like you said, I I grew up watching guys like Chris Carter, Randy Moss, Jake Reed. Those are the guys that made me want to play receiver. Like when I when I was twelve years old, when I was eleven years old, like there was no question in my mind that I'm a wide receiver. And it was because of those guys and being able to watch them and, and see them have success and, and to see them make these crazy catches, these Chris Carter sideline catches, Randy Moss going and up and mossing guys and um, being able to try to emulate that in the backyard and, and then now play for the same organization as those guys is, has been cool and, and to be able to meet them and, and pick their brain and they love ball and love talking about ball. So uh, it's been it's been pretty crazy again it's one of those things that I'll look back on when I'm done playing and kind of pinch myself because it, it, it definitely is probably a surreal moment but for me like I'm just playing football like I'm not even thinking about playing for the Minnesota Vikings a childhood dream like I'm not even thinking about that I'm just playing football and having fun doing it
0: That's awesome. 2021, you missed four games due to an ankle injury. And I think that was one of the longer periods of time you had been out or maybe one of the more serious injuries. What was it like for you first experiencing injury?
1: Take it back. 2019, I missed my first game in the NFL. Um, I had a hamstring injury I'd never been hurt before. I never had a muscle injury. And it was definitely, uh, and I'm very stubborn. So I probably wasn't the easiest to deal with in the training room, but yeah, it was just uh it was an eye-opening experience that actually made me worry about sleep and, and recovery and training and, and nutrition is really when I started to dial all that in to say, Hey, like this is, this isn't like uh, an injury, like, you know, this year I had an ankle injury well, it was because I got tackled. It wasn't because I didn't train right. Or I didn't have the proper nutrition It is like no matter what what i did recovery wise like it was something bad was happening because of the way i got tackled where like a hamstring injury it's like all right something i was doing um whether it was that week or my hydration or there's so many things i could look at and say okay i need to dial this in because i can't have a a hamstring injury i can't have a muscle injury that's going to keep me out for for four games um so it really it really was a benefit to me in my career It, it really made me look at what i was doing where I was at in my career and and to really dial some things in and probably the reason why I felt so good this year the best I've ever felt because of those things that I kind of was able to look at a big picture and say okay like let's let's dial this in.
0: Well, I love the way you described those two different injuries, one that was kind of in your control so to speak and one that was out of your control. You know, you you reflected on the hamstring injury as something that maybe you could have taken better care of your body, whereas the ankle injury just happened to be the way you were tackled. What are the things you can actually control? And what are the things that are out of your control? And having sort of the right set of uh, assessment on the controllables, because the controllables are the ones that, you know you really have to manage against anyway I just appreciate the way that that you describe a lot of these things they're all they're all sort of little nuances but th- I think just your the way you 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 shape so many of the things that have happened in your life the attitude that you have towards them it's just an amazing mindset and it's it's why you're going to continue to have great success
1: oh I appreciate that and I, I think honestly a lot of that has been I shouldn't say it's it's gotten easier but but it, it really has. It's gotten easier because of, of my faith. The stronger my faith has gotten, it's been yeah. easier to do some of these things, to have a positive mindset. You know, I think there's a reason that I am able to have some of that mindset. Like again, at the end of the day, like it's a lot easier said than done a lot of these things. And and a lot of it I have difficulty doing on a day-to-day basis, but it becomes easier when you kind of just have trust and faith and, and that someone greater than you and greater than any of us has a plan. And, and, and it doesn't mean it's all going to be good and it's not going to be easy, but when you trust that, it, I think it, it, it becomes easier to have a, a better mindset in my opinion.
0: Yeah. I mean, things happen for you. They don't happen to you. Right. I mean, that's, that's what you're describing here. You were talking about going a hundred percent. Right. And I feel like when an audience hears that from an athletic perspective, They think, oh, you know, he's running really hard or he's working out really hard. But talk about some of the other things that you're doing on a 24-7 cycle, because so much of what I've gotten to appreciate from WHOOP and working with athletes like yourself is, is there's just an insane amount of time and energy that you can spend on recovery, on diet, on faith, on mindfulness. Like, talk about some of the things that you were doing outside of that practice facility that you think may have contributed to you making these additional leaps in your career?
1: This this is a topic that I could talk about for hours. I think it's crazy that people, um, the average fan or, or most fans, right? They, they, they see what we do on Sundays. But I don't think, I'd say 99% of people don't have any idea what it takes to get to Sunday. And I think that's probably one of the coolest things in my profession is how I approach or how I see other guys approach, how to get to Sunday. And I think it starts with your training, your diet, like you said, your recovery and my full day. I know it sounds crazy, but my full day is, is wrapped around. Okay. Did I do enough or did I do it the right way to be able to have success when it comes around to the season? And you know, I'm what are we five, six months? I don't even know away from the season, but like, I'm preparing right now like it's tomorrow. Like it's happening tomorrow because of the way that I have to watch what I eat, um, how I train. like I gotta get up every day and I gotta go grind in the in the in the weight room. do I want to? No, but do I take pride in that? Yes, for sure. you know that's been kind of something that's always in the back of my head is like after the season, like I don't take much time off because like this is my one opportunity when guys are like taking a couple weeks off, going on vacation drinking, eating whatever they want, like, it's my one opportunity to, like, separate myself from them, to get a little bit of an advantage, like, to get an advantage of totally. the NFL is, like, almost impossible, but it's, like, I always kind of, like, take advantage of those little opportunities to, like, have an advantage <laughs> uh, over, over some of my competitors, and it's kind of a weird approach, but there's just so much that goes into it, and so many things that over my career that I've tried to like figure out the best way. Cause time management is huge, right? Like you only have so much time in the day and like, I have a family and like, I want to, I want to uh, make sure that I'm a present father and, and doing, you know, going a hundred percent in all in on my family as well. And I got a business ETS and like helping athletes train and, and help them get to the places they want to get and, and do the things that I wasn't really didn't have opportunities to do when I was their age. So there's just a lot of things that, um, I, I take a lot of pride in and a lot of passion and I want to be involved in and all in on. Uh, so it's like t- time management skills. Like, how important is that? Wow. It's like I, I've never had those skills, but I've had to learn those skills um, through some of those things.
0: So h- how long have you now been on uh, Whoop?
1: Very soon after, you know, the NFLPA had a partnership with Whoop um, is when I kind of found out about it uh, probably a couple years ago, maybe
0: was that. And how, how have you been using it?
1: Well, I kind of like geek out over it as we, when we had dinner together, I was probably talking yeah, too much fun. about it, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really, especially now, like later in my career, I'm just like really interested in like, how can I maximize my recovery, my training, all that. Right. And, and so like, it's hard to have, when you're talking about recovery, we talk about massages or, or different things that you can do to try to help you play your best football on Sunday it's hard to like have tangible evidence or like how to like figure out, is it benefiting me? Like, is what I'm doing like benefit me? Well, well whoop was the first opportunity I had to like have evidence, something to look at to say, Hey, what you did there, changed this. And ultimately now your recovery score is better. You know, that was what I was really excited about. And what, why I, I really kind of was all in on whoop is because of that right there. And I've done a few different things, With recovery stuff to that now i do uh, consistently because of what it did on my whoop score so kind of crazy i love that
0: now what what are some of the specific examples of things that you've added or taken away from your overall lifestyle for recovery
1: yeah so a couple things uh infrared sauna during the season i'm like very strict on Pretty much like three to four times a week. And the reason why I'm I'm all in on it is because I checked like, you know, you can like go back and you can look at a week's span of like recovery and then you can yeah. go to like the current week and like, okay, this is my week's worth of recovery. Well, when I did that, I did a week without infrared sauna and then I did a week with every day for a week and every day for a week without. And I just kind of put them side by side and my recovery scores were like this compared to this. So I'm like, okay, obviously like it's doing something. Now, am I like smart enough to like have any idea what it's doing? No, but I don't care because it's doing something. And uh, again, like that little bit of an advantage, maybe over uh, an opponent or, or, or a little bit of an advantage to have a little bit more recovery. Um, I'm going to, I'm all in on it. I also did the same thing with, with magnesium. So every night I have the same magnesium uh, sleep drink that I have every night. And when I do that, my recovery scores are like way better. And, and I notice it when I don't have it. Like if I'm traveling or something and I don't have it, it's like noticeably different. And another thing um, that I've really bought into is sleep, like how important sleep is, totally. how, how important the right type of sleep is and how that how that affects uh, recovery. So I'm pretty strict on like when I go to bed, how I go to bed, blue light blockers, like things like that have really helped my sleep. So there's a lot of things I kind of, again, I kind of geek out over it and, and my wife's into it as well. So it's kind of fun to, uh, to be able to do some different things.
0: I love those examples. And, y- you know, you make such a good point about, a B you know sort of A B testing these things on your body, right? Which is something that we always envisioned the product could be used for, which is to say, okay, if I do this thing and then I don't do this thing, how does it affect my body? And to actually be able to measure that. You know, you can only really manage what you measure. So I love what you said about the infrared sauna and and how, you know, by doing it you saw that that it actually elevated your recovery. And the interesting thing, Adam, is like For someone else, potentially a wide receiver in the NFL, too, they could have done that exact same experiment and had the exact opposite results. And it comes back to how personalized I think so much of this is, particularly recovery. Obviously, there's generalizations you can make around, say, sleep, where it's like getting more sleep and higher quality sleep is better for everyone. But the path to actually achieve that and the path to achieve better recovery is highly personalized. And so I love the way you've described – using it. Uh, You shared uh, some of your WHOOP data with us. Your average sleep is seven hours and 49 minutes. That's pretty damn good. That's a lot of sleep. What are some things that you do right before bed? So you mentioned the magnesium.
1: Yeah, the uh, blue light blockers. I've been really trying to be uh, good on that.
0: I, I love blue light blockers. I'll just explain for a second why those are great. Essentially, they block all the blue light uh, in your life before you fall asleep. And if you're someone like me, who's sometimes looking at his phone before bed or watching a television screen or on a laptop, all of those things are producing blue light, right? And that's essentially stimulating your brain to stay awake and the blue light blocking glasses, uh, cut that out. And so they sort of naturally make you feel a little sleepy, uh, at the end of the day. And for me personally, I've seen it enormously boost my REM and slow wave sleep.
1: I've always gotten a lot of sleep cuz we have 3 kids and like just like the grind of training and and all we got going on. I'm tired at the end of the night. But like you said like the quality of sleep. I can always have hours of sleep but like knowing like the quality of sleep and how like the blue light has affected that even though I'm getting the same amount of sleep maybe it's just better quality. I'm getting into a deeper sleep faster. And being able to have like tangible evidence of that is, is amazing for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think every player in the NFL should be obsessed with how much slow wave sleep you get because that's when your body produces like 95% of its human growth hormone. You know, people get in trouble for taking human growth hormone. Well, if you can just figure out how to get more sleep, you're literally like a performance enhancing drug. For someone who's lifting as many weights as you are and getting hit and potentially having little strains here and there, I mean, all of that gets repaired during slow wave sleep.
1: Yeah, and and that's what I I tell people all the time. It's like, you know, you see stuff stuff come out on on guys in the NFL that spend all this money on their body, and it's like maybe maybe that is 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 benefiting them. Maybe, but like, it doesn't cost anything to get a good sleep, and like how totally. important that is compared to like. A massage right you have to pay for a massage it is that really gonna help you sleep better and like help you recover I don't I just don't think it's as good as getting a good night of sleep I try to like emphasize that to guys um, on the team like especially younger guys that come in like just like how important that is like I know you're young and I know like it hasn't been that important to you but like it will benefit you and it'll prolong your career it'll help you play better fast you know it'll help you be faster stronger and uh, it'll help you recover faster
0: if you think about uh, your success and you reflect on things like work ethic and um, faith and some of these you know sort of themes that have come up in, in, in this conversation, does part of you feel like talent is overrated as it as it pertains to becoming the type of success that you have, you know, sort of being the, 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 in this point, whatever percent of of professional athletes? I mean, obviously talent gets you somewhere. And you're obviously talented, but the recurring theme I hear is everything else that you've done.
1: That's an interesting question. And I think I probably will go down a little bit of a rabbit hole, but I think talent is like a very like broad term. Like what is talent? Like, is it physical talent? Is it mental talent? Um, I think there's a lot of different talents that lead to success. And I think you have to have kind of a, a mixture of a lot of them to have success, especially at the highest level, right?
0: Let, let me qualify this a little bit, because you could argue that your attitude is a talent. But let's define for a second talent the way that an NFL combine recruit might might define talent, which is physical attributes, speed, a skill so to speak in cutting or in catching.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think <laughs> again, I'm going down a rabbit hole cuz I just have a weird approach to this, but but like how do you get to that, right? Like some people like just boom, like they have it. Some people have to like work extremely hard to get to that point, but they might have the exact same talent as far as like numbers, right? Like I sure. feel like I could put my numbers up against a lot of guys and people would laugh because they'd be like, "No, no, no, you're not you're not that athletic." And even though like my numbers are the same, but uh, how did I (laughs) get to that point? You you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like a, a, I don't know. I'm probably, again, I'm going down a rabbit hole, but I think there's a lot of different ways to get to the same place of what I'm trying to say. And then when you get to that place, how are you able to use those talents? How are you able to use those skills? If you run, I mean, there's plenty of guys that that run sub four, four, but they can't catch a football or they can't run a route or they can't. Um, move they can't uh, move side to side like there's just you have to have more than just physical talent like you have to uh, be able to do a lot of things really well Whether it doesn't matter what sport you are I mean some of these NBA guys like they might be not be the fastest or the jump the highest but man their basketball IQ I mean you look at a guy like Chris Paul his basketball IQ is off the charts he doesn't have to be the fastest guy he doesn't have to be the you know the highest jumper in the NBA like he is so good at what he does and he might have different talents. So kind of a crazy, like, you can just look at it from so many different perspectives.
0: When when you see a first-round draft pick flame out in two years or let's call it a short period of time, what do you attribute some of that to? Do you attribute it to just the NFL is hard and it's really fucking hard to make it? Or do you think that, again, on this theme of mindset and work ethic and commitment, do you think that that can fill in the holes for some of these people who maybe didn't reach their potential. The question's about potential.
1: It's all these things we've talked about, right? And especially today's NFL. Every single person has to train, has to work harder, has to try to find a way to get better because if they don't, they are out of the league. And I've seen it time and time again that guys that are very talented, that have all of the skills and the tools that they need to have success, don't have success and get out of the league because they aren't doing the little things. And they don't understand how important those little things are until they're out, and then now it's too late. And it's it's sad because there's some really really good people and people that I've been around in my nine years that that aren't in the NFL right now that really should be. But at the end of the day, uh, you live and you learn. And uh, I think when you're able to see some of those things happen and you're able to kind of absorb that, you're like, whoa! Like I need to, I need to to, to get my butt in gear. And there's a lot of guys I've seen that have done that and then had success later because they kind of have, have learned from others' mistakes or maybe their own mistakes and had a second chance and have had success because they, they turned around and and did those little things.
0: Okay. We're going to try some rapid fire questions. Uh, 16 games versus 17 games in the NFL. What do you think?
1: I mean, I like to play football, so I'll say 17 games, and uh, it makes more good money. Attitude. Guys make more money. It's all good.
0: Overtime rules. Do you feel like both teams should get the ball no matter what, even if one team scores the touchdown first?
1: I, I spoke out about this a little bit on Twitter the other day, and and uh, I think it's great where it is. It's, it's, it and, and cool. incentivizes that you have to make a stop on defense. In fact, I actually really enjoy – when we get the ball second, like when, when, like we don't win the coin toss and like the other team gets the ball first, cause then you make a stop on defense. All you have to do is kick a field goal games over. Uh, so I, sure. I, I really enjoy those rules cause I think it incentivizes like good defense.
0: Yeah. I think that's, what's overlooked in that whole debate is if you, if your defense goes out and makes a stop, then all you have to do is kick a field goal to win. Like no one ever says that in this debate.
1: And like, if you're if you go down and you have one possession, like your first possession, you go down and score. Like, in my opinion, you deserve to win because you just like that's not that easy in the NFL. Just to like one possession, go score, like score touchdowns. touchdown. John, I think that's difficult. And um, and if you do that, you should win.
0: Uh, lowest recovery ever on Whoop.
1: Oh wow! I wish I I wish I had that that data because I'm sure it's you know it's been bad a couple times where uh was traveling uh it's usually like after a game and it's like traveling yeah. from the west coast and so it's like you get home at like five in the morning and you barely sleep on the plane i bet it was around like seven percent i think i remember having a seven percent recovery
0: the nfl player that you look up to the most or admire
1: oh wow that's a really really difficult question um if i have to name one guy I probably would say larry fistrell just because he's from minnesota he did things the right way had a ton of success, played a ton of years, and he's a good friend of mine. Loves to play golf, so that's another thing. Uh, but, but there's so many guys. I mean, shoot, I could name a list of 150 guys, even current guys that are still playing, um, that, I, that I've really kind of uh, looked up to and tried to emulate my game after.
0: Now, Larry's amazing, and, and uh, he's become a friend of mine, too. And What a great playbook he's, uh, he's created for being a wide receiver.
1: For sure. And even what he does off the field, obviously his foundation and all that he gives and does in the community is pretty impressive.
0: Yeah. It's amazing. What is your favorite uh, city to play in?
1: Well, that's a, that's a loaded question. I enjoy playing in Green Bay because, because of the rivalry, just the, the intense, um, that, that game's always bigger than it really is just because it's, it's, it's so important to the fans on both sides. Um, it's always a big game because of the division, but I would say my favorite favorite place to play, just from a environment standpoint, is probably New Orleans. Uh, it's so loud and crowds crazy, and it's always uh, difficult to hear even hear yourself think.
0: Do you follow all the off season activity? you know, you, you see on ESPN now, they'll show tweets of other players, like commenting on where certain players have gone. And it's really, I mean, the NFL offseasons become like a, a sport in itself from a media standpoint. Do you find yourself caught up in the drama of like, where a quarterbacks going or, you know, some of these different trades or do you try to stay out of it?
1: Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really involved. I, I love it. I okay. think it's, uh, I think it's wild that the uh, it's pretty cool, actually, that the NFL has become so relevant all year round. They've done such it's an crazy. unbelievable job of always having something that creates buzz and excitement around the NFL, which no other sport, um, no other uh, league is, has been able to do that. And I think that's pretty impressive, um, especially when like it's my job and I'm still like into that stuff. It's kind of crazy. And I know there's a crazy like business side of things. And and who knows if I'll ever be part of that drama at some point? I'm sooner than later, maybe. You never know. But uh, it's just—it's uh, always fun to just like find out like where guys are going and and what's happening. Are they getting traded? Are they getting cut? And why are they getting that? And what are these contracts? Some of these guys are. Man, I always love watching guys sign for a bunch of money and being like, all right, like that's good for me. I feel like that's, <laughs> that it kind of proves that, uh, that I'm worth what I'm getting paid. But yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting how they're able to keep it relevant for, for all year round.
0: Well, Adam, look, this has been a lot of fun, man. And, uh, you know, I just love your attitude and everything you're doing. Thanks for being on whoop and thanks for coming on the whoop podcast. Thank you. Thanks to Adam for coming on the Whoop podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a rating or a review. You can check us out on social at Whoop, at Will Ahmed. Get 15% off a Whoop membership if you use the code Will. And we will be back next week, folks. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy. Stay in the green.